Good afternoon. It's Saturday, October 24th, and this is the next episode of Not Half Bad. Or the current episode of Not Half Bad. Yay! Um, I am one of your hosts, and the guy saying yay is another one of your hosts. Hi, I'm David. I'm sort of with OnTheBanks.com occasionally here and there when I post tonight, if you like it. And I'm Norman with RumbleInTheGarden.com. You can find us at our website, or you can find us at... um, Ecos bias for me, and at Dave White, a uh, Dave underscore White for me. Yeah, you don't want to talk to the other Dave White. He's a weirdo. Jeez, the poor guy. He's out in like Britain or something. Is he really? Yeah, I think Dave so. Dave White. Hello. All right. Anyway, so what's and, up? Uh, so we're here to talk about Rutgers and St. John's basketball, while <coughs> uh, you know all those other people are watching football and. You know, I think we're both pretty excited because the basketball season's around the corner. There's still all this hope. Um, and, you know, both teams had their, you know, media days and midnight madnesses. St. John's was a lot of fun. There was Barry Slice Rorson dancing. There was unveiling of the new players. How was Rutgers? They had a charity tip-off thing on my jig last night. You had to, yeah, they don't do a midnight madness. Oh. I don't think they're there yet as a program. Well, what do you need to be there? Like, fans? Um. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the students are like, um, I don't want to talk about this. It makes me sad. Oh, let's just talk about it. You know, well, seriously, the students are football-oriented, and when you lose 15 in a row to end the season, I don't think Midnight Madness is uh, the way to get the hype back. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the strategy right now. I think once fans see uh, maybe a little more excitement on the court, uh, hopefully this season they'll be able to do it next year. Right now we're kind of at like a you know 2.30 p.m. madness. Well, I mean, everybody should have the 2.30 p.m. madness. You know, yeah. like that, that afternoon coffee break. Yeah. Madness. Or check Twitter. Like, oh, we're recruiting somebody new. Hey. Can he shoot the three? Yeah. Woo! Three well, weeks okay. Away. I mean, I, I guess we can just talk about St. John's madness or any other news about Rutgers that's been going on. I, I feel like things have been still. quiet, you know? Yeah, well, it's that, that, like, Rutgers Media Day is on Tuesday coming up, so that'll be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, and... um you know, we'll we'll hear some more about Corey Sanders and the new offense and stuff like that. Ooh, new uh, offense! Is it going to be like not uh, Princeton offense? Yeah, I think we talked about it last time. But he's he's saying they're going away from the Princeton offense and moving more towards like the Spurs and kind of what Golden State and Atlanta run with those two two big men and then three three point shooters and you know take the open three when it happens, which I kind of like because that's how you win in college basketballs with the three. So. Might as well take a lot of them, especially when you're not, you know, NBA talented. Yeah. And if you make them, maybe you can knock some teams off and bring some excitement back. So one thing I saw in with St. John's and their, um, uh, I think it was in the in the Midnight Madness, not in the scrimmage. <gasps> you saw the scrimmage? No, I didn't see the scrimmage. Uh, a couple of our writers did, and I actually should have brought them in to, uh, to talk about Was it a they... super secret scrimmage? It wasn't a secret scrimmage. It was a, a scrimmage that was open to the public. Oh. Or to the uh, media. I mean, after the uh, after the media day. Next right. week, there's going to be an open scrimmage for the fans. Hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think what I saw was a team that didn't take shots on the three-point line. And uh, according to our writer, Carmine, I think that it seems like the team has got a stronger dedication to playing real uh, on-the-ball defense. Ooh. And not that last year's team didn't play on-the-ball defense, but they played defense in a way that funneled everything into the paint where Chris Obekpa was. So yes. when Obekpa was off or he wasn't there, the defense just looked, frankly, terrible. And it seems like there's a lot more of that, you know, denial of where you want to go defense. That, what we think of as, as good basketball defense, right. you know? Well, I think we kind of talked about it last year and, and during the Lavin tenure was that team always looked so much better when they pressed and ran and they never did. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I mean, I, I understand that you don't want to press too much with a six-man team and that's on the coach. Um, and you don't want to press too much if you think you might get blown out. But I, it felt like with a team with that kind of firepower, you'd kind of want to press, you know? I mean, you yeah. have, uh, you, you'd get to get defenses a little bit you know, discombobulated. You get some, you know, one on two situations, things like that. And you'd get guys like Sir Dominic Pointer out in space. And when he was out in space last year, he was great. But, you know, this that's is last year. ground control to Major Sir Dominic Pointer. <laughs> Because he's out in space. Mm-hmm. Got it? You're dunking really hard. <laughs> Why do we always end up singing on these Because things? I love singing and you love singing. <laughs> True. And I'm throwing it down in a most peculiar way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> See, you got me going. I love Space Oddity. <laughs> It's a great song. It's <laughs> pointer in space. I mean, I, t- I took that uh, out of my regular music rotation because I would listen to it all the time. And I was getting a little sick of it. I was like, I got to stop, but I can't turn away from Space Oddity. You know? <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, it's like yeah. a Space Oddity and Return of the Mac. It's like, you know, they're, they're songs that you get addicted to. Yeah, I'm addicted to Better Man by Pearl Jam now. But only the live version. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty catchy song, too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. basketball. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, b- b- because we, we don't need to have a, 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 a music reminiscence podcast. We could. Yeah. And, you not, know, fans, not, if not you, 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 you're not half bad fans out there. If there's a, a, a song that really sticks in your head, you can email us about it at nothalfbadpod at gmail.com or also with your questions. Yes, yeah, smooth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Sir Dominic Pointer in space dunking the ball. Yep. And I don't know what this te- year's team is going to look like. I don't think that the the madness in the scrimmage gave us a whole lot of clarity. But, you know, I think that they're going to certainly try to really defend. So let and, me ask you, mm-hmm. you. I don't know where I got this. But something you said just clicked with me, and I don't think we talked about it last time. But St. John's being voted for last in the Big East. What, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Warranted? Not warranted? Oh, pretty warranted. I mean, there's no... There's no... Business-like show business. <laughs> there's no... Um, there's not really a reason to think that this team is going to come together and be, you know, a a tournament contender. I also think that the Big East is still at the point where 
there isn't a huge difference between teams, you know, three and ten. Oh, and maybe come there on. is. Maybe this is maybe this is the year that there starts to be actual, you know, uh, levels in the league. But I think one of the things with the league was that there was Villanova and kind of Georgetown, and then the other teams were at varying levels of competence. But you know, it it made sense that DePaul could compete and win some games. Um, St. John's is just right now they're just an unknown quantity, and the things that are known is that they have a lot of youth and a lot of guys who have never played with each other, and they're lacking in some maybe depth in the paint. Now it depends on how they play. And they've had a coach who's never coached a game in their life. In his I, life. I mean that too. So there are going to be. I don't know that they're going to be terrible, but I think learning be moments. a work in progress. And I think it's hard to say there's no leader coming in to help orient others to their roles. And I don't mean like by orient like, you know, in practice, a guy going, you need to go here, you need to go there. I mean, in the way that when you have a, uh, when you have a strong player, everybody knows to play off of them. You know, it's like, look, the ball goes to Harrison or, and it goes uh, to this other guy, you know, it goes to Harrison, you try to get pointer and then everybody else works around that, you know, and that's the way uh, a team works oftentimes, you know, you don't come in usually with, you know, nine new players and the three remaining players barely played. So there's no alpha dog and this team needs to establish that and we don't know what it's going to look like. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could say, you know, this team is going to be a mid-pack team because we don't know if they can shoot. We don't know if they can defend. We don't know how athletic they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's tr- true. I mean, I don't know. My 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 thought is, I, I've said it a lot. I've thought about the, I've worried about the coaching. And, I mean, you have some talent there, but you're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, it's not me. I'm not. I'm not coaching. But <laughs> the um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the team wants to move the basketball. Basketball is kind of a simple game. Yeah, and you take a ball and you put it in a hole. Yeah, you move the ball around. You try to get an open shot, and hopefully, you have enough skill to actually make that shot. So the question is whether they have that skill and whether they'll get in their way. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, I think the Rutgers-St. Uh, John's matchup is going to be really interesting because there's so much turnover on both teams, but it's and it's so early in the season. Yeah. You know, I actually um, think Rutgers has the advantage in that game mostly because they have uh, a couple Players seniors and together. juniors. Yeah, and played uh, with, with, uh, with Jordan, you know, yeah. under Jordan, with Jordan's style, so... It and it's hard to say because we also don't know, you know, I think fans think that you know, Marcus Levette and Federico Mussini, and Levette I don't think has actually been cleared yet. Just about to say. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, Levette and Mussini are, we don't know what they look like. Mussini is small but can shoot, we think. And Levette is small and can handle, we think. You know, when, with a guy who can handle too much, of course, there's always overhandling issues and how well, you know, guys read each other and know how to read each other. That, you know, that kind of nuance you have to build up over time. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting for St. John's and for Rutgers, I think. Yeah. I think Rutgers has finally passed that point of... Oh, let's talk about Miles Mack and Kadeem because they're not here. But like that whole Mike Rice 
kind of holdover. Mm-hmm. This is now Jordan's team. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't seem like Jordan was able to get through to Kadeem Jack or or whatever happened to Junior E two. You know, that kind of panicked scramble class that is now completely purged. You know, these are guys he recruited for a couple of years. They know him. He knows them. So I think it, that's an interesting uh, storyline to watch with Rutgers going forward. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, talk about, um, I don't know how much you know about him right now, but talk about Rutgers versus St. John's in terms of process, where they are. You know, like, what are your thoughts? You know, program building, you mean. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think the thing with, you know, right now Rutgers is in a place where after how many years has it been? Three now? Year three, starting year three. And so it's year three for Eddie Jordan, and the results were pretty bad last year. So there's, you know, the process of needing to come up with some sort of quick turnaround. Not turnaround as in make it to the NCAAs, but turnaround in terms of getting guys to actually be bought into what he's doing, play a cohesive style and have that cohesive style and talent be good enough to compete in the Big Ten so much enough so that uh, he's not that good. Even if the problem is you have an age where everything is, uh, it could be magic. You never know. You don't know until you see, you know. Guys mm-hmm. seem really athletic. They seem talented. seems like there's a, a plan and a shape. Yeah. But, you know, in the middle of the year, we'll probably see that there are a couple of guys who maybe don't fit. Or that there are some ideas that maybe just aren't quite working. Or, you know, Mullen is having a a hard time getting his guys to understand what a good shot looks like. Or to learn how to actually play a little bit selfishly. You never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't think you know on either team what could happen this year. Yeah. uh, I mean, St. John's, I think, is a little undermanned. Um, Rutgers appears to finally have the, the point guard that Jordan's been looking for. You know, he never really thought... Um, he never really thought Mac was a pure point guard. And, he wasn't. Right, exactly. And he's been kind of talking up the fact that he's needed a pass-first point guard to run his offense. You know, when he was assistant coach with the Nets, he had Jason Kitt. You know, he's had Gilbert Arenas, that sort of thing. So that was what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Corey Sanders, it, it's going to start with that kid. Um, I know that's a lot of pressure to put on a freshman, but... If that's what you need to run a Eddie Jordan offense or, or the way he wants it, the game to be played, then it's going to start with him. Yeah. And for St. John's, I think that there's – I mean, the problem is that it's – I don't think that they're undermanned. I think undermanned is the wrong term. They're just oh, ridiculously sure. young. Yeah, call me out. I'm going to call you out, yeah. I mean, they're, they're or they're ridiculously inexperienced because they're not actually young, young. No, that's not true. They are young. But they have guys who are seniors, but those guys have played, you know, Ron Mavoyka played in the Missouri Valley Conference for a year and then tore his ACL and then decided to take his talents to New York. Uh, Duran Johnson is a guy who is, for some reason, uh, suspended all of last year. I assume it's got to be something academics. Um, and when he did play, he was good, but, you know, not great. Um, 
Pittsburgh's interesting, by the way. Have you looked into Pittsburgh at all? You've got a whole bunch of transfers coming and weird team for it Jamie seems, Dixon. Yeah, it seems to be the way Dixon's now trying to build his build his program since they left the Big East. Lots of transfers. Seems actually like like I don't know. Felt like a little. Feels like a little desperation over there. It might be a little bit, and he's had some down years, and I don't think the move to the ACC helped them as much as they needed to go. I guess. I mean, it's it's weird to say. I, I always think it's weird to talk about those kind of moves to a new conference and what that means. Because I think that, you know, if your team is good, you know, Creighton came with Doug McDermott. And I don't know that, you know, Creighton's necessarily like, oh, yeah, we're Eastern now. You know, but they had a, a you know, a good year or a couple of good years. And then, you know, a year that was a little, a little bit of a fall-off year, but they still seem to have their style and their talent and they recruit their guys because they had an identity. Um, but for a lot of other teams, building an identity is, you know, actually, I don't, I don't know. I mean, cause I was going to, I was going to try to compare Rutgers and, uh, and Pitt, but we're talking about two very different problems. Rutgers doesn't have a really strong identity, honestly. And no, I, I think if you want, I mean, if you want optimism and you want somebody to compare Rutgers to, it's one of two teams. It's either Cincinnati when Cronin took over. Or Indiana when Cream took over, and Indiana's probably the better um, comparison just because of the the uh, scandal, you know, the Kel- Kevin Kevin yeah. Kevin yeah. Samson scandal. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, and, Cincinnati was coming off a scandal too. Were they? When yeah, Cronin, I mean, Cronin came in after Andy Kennedy's year after right. Huggins got booted. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. And uh, so I think for both teams. There was a real rebuild. But with Rutgers, it kind of feels like, I mean, Indiana and, and, and uh, Cincinnati scandals were kind of a bigger deal, honestly, than Mike Rice's was in a sense. Mike Rice's was bad, but it was really more of an anger management thing versus a serious violations or your guys keep getting arrested and your, your, your college president actually had the stones to fire you, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think with Rutgers, the problem wasn't that that derailed anything. It was that there wasn't anything to derail. Well, and no. It was I a mean, bad scene. It was a bad scene, but, I mean, he's building, you know, he lost. He had four scholarship players. Yeah. In April. Yeah. You know, and then you got to scramble to to build a, a a team while everything is on ESPN every, you know, other day. Yeah. So I think in terms of scandal and stuff like that, it's just that, you know, it took two years to kind of wash that stink off. And now it's just that they haven't won. Yeah. You know, it's not so much. Stink, they just remember that they haven't won. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Now you're recruiting against that. It's not like you're recruiting against the fact that you haven't won. And there's just been a major, you know, scandal. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. It's almost like you had to look at last year as year one for Eddie, unfortunately. And I know that doesn't work that way in college basketball or college football, but. I mean, I think, I think things are, are looking somewhat up. He has a full team, which he, I don't think he could have said in the right. past. So yeah. that's, you know, that's a positive. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and again, you know, the, that comparison to Pitt is not, it's a terrible comparison because whatever happened to Pitt is just a weird thing that, that's happening to Pitt. I don't think yeah. it has to do necessarily with moving to the ACC. Syracuse is just fine. And Pittsburgh had their own culture as well. I just think that... A throat culture. 
What? Oh. Ew, Pittsburgh's got strep. <laughs> Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh just you know, they had this I don't I don't even understand. You know, I really just don't understand. I, don't I think what it is too is that is actually that the things that Pittsburgh has done are not maybe not necessarily sustainable. You know, they were very good at not going for the the four star guys. You know, they're not right. like you know fighting in that pool necessarily. They're finding three star guys who are on the edge that they know can play their kind of game and can have their kind of culture. And that worked for a number of years. And then they had Steven Adams. And then I think they had some guys who didn't pan out. And I think that's the problem right now. They're trying to figure out how to get back to that culture, especially now that they don't have, you know, Barry Rorson, who was their ace recruiter for a long time. And now that they don't have a real connect to New York, you know, because you can't really tell a New York kid, yeah, you're going to play here in the area all the time. Because they're not, you know, right. they're going to be in Greensboro and they're, they're going to be in Tobacco Road and they're going to be in Miami and they're going to be in, well, I don't know, Notre Dame, isn't Notre Dame in the ACC? Yeah, yeah. And Louisville, it's just like, I mean, that's great, weird. Yeah, but those so aren't you, their power sources, you know? Right, it's the kind of trouble Rutgers basketball has now, too. It's Now you have to sell them on who you're going to play as opposed to um, where you're going to play. Mm-hmm. You have to sell them on, look, you're going to be going up against the best of the best, not... Look, you're going to be coming. You're going to be in a great conference and coming to town every other week where your parents can see you or whatever family can see you. Yeah, and I think with the with the Big Ten, you know, the best of the best thing becomes it becomes a harder, a bit of a harder sell because you're talking about the best of the best in the cornfields and also some really great teams with great traditions. Yeah. Unlike, I mean, when when you know when the Big East was strong. You know, like half the league was really strong, but then there was a there was kind of a soft middle that where you know you could work yourself into. And right now, I think the Big Ten's kind of rolling. There are, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's there, there are like there's Northwestern and Rutgers that are the easy outs. Well, we'll see about Northwestern. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's hard to compete against this, mm-hmm. and it's hard to build a program up to the point where it can be in and out every day competitive against these schools that know how to use their football money and have gotten their football money. Cause isn't that part of the story too, that Rutgers doesn't actually get like their big 10 money for a couple of years or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't think until 2018 or 2020, something like that. It's six years. Yeah. Wow. Before you get, um, your full share, which is odd because, but, but you're supposed to be competing in the league yeah. without a full share. That's crazy. Right. So they kind of bury you early, but then there's Maryland, who somehow negotiated almost a full share. <laughs> but they didn't they also negotiate a, like a ton of money on their way out, or they didn't pay a ton of money on the way out of uh... they they got the Big Ten to like pay their exit fee. That's insane, man. Which means that the money that they get from the Big Ten is just now profit. Yeah, Rutgers is getting the money from the Big Ten and still had to pay their Big East or whatever it was. Exit fee, which was lower, but still. Yeah, it. But still, it takes. If you're only making, you know, they used to make what I think two million from the Big East, let's say, and then yeah. they went to six million, and you had to pay five to get out or whatever it was. Like I'm just making up numbers, but you're only making a million then, kind of yeah. thing, because it's got to go towards. So. So how do you think that that's affected the basketball program? I think that well, because they, you know. 
they're already we've talked about it ad nauseum facility problems um and you know so much of this money is going to try and make uh the athletic department self-sustaining mm-hmm. instead of relying on money from the university so there are none of those they'll they're willing to pay to make football better but they're not willing to pay to make basketball better basketball just kind of you know they're hoping for a miracle well, I, get, I think they're just hoping that the the you know football will rise and that rising tide will raise all boats. All boats, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the best hope, but it's not how it works. There's an arms race in every sport. Yeah, you know, you got to compete. Yeah, and they're they're not, and they're trying to, but every time they take a step forward, you know, they put together this whole big move to raise money now for these facilities, and then Kyle Flood sticks his foot in mud. Is he going to get fired? Oh, who knows. And then let me also ask, in terms of like <laughs> facilities and the and the fees and such, how is Rutgers doing? And I don't know if you know this. How is Rutgers doing in the non-revenue sports? Uh, soccer. Do they have like a soccer team or anything like that? Yeah, soccer. Both uh, soccer's ranked. Okay. Men's soccer is ranked. I think women's soccer was ranked last year. I don't follow closely enough. Okay. Yeah, the the soccer, the wrestling is uh, on its way up. They were nationally ranked now. Uh, Couple years in a row. Although last year they were in for a rude awakening when they got into the big Big Ten. Because that's that's serious wrestling. It's that's funny serious that, like, wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like you know, I don't. I'm not like, oh yeah, you know, college wrestling. But the Big right. Ten takes that seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody got hit with a metal chair. There were no cage matches. I was very disappointed and confused. It's a different kind of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they're they're surviving, but. A lot of the sports that are surviving were on their way up before they got into the Big Ten, you know? So, like, football was was fine. Women's basketball had C. Vivian Stringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling had been ranked for a couple years before the Big Ten. Soccer had a new coach that was, like, on the verge of breaking through, you know? So, like, everything was kind of in the mix for these things. And I actually think that was the goal for men's basketball with Mike Rice. Unfortunately, you know, everything happened. And got derailed. And yeah, I mean, so do you think there's something, and I feel like we should probably be talking more about St. John's because everybody knows St. John's is more interesting, but, (laughs) but do you think that the, it's not a decision. I mean, Mike Rice forced their hand. Do you think that Eddie Johnson was too far, too different from Mike Rice? Eddie Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I mean that's a huge change, at least in terms of yeah. personnel and and style of doing business. Yeah, there was no way, in retrospect, that these the last two teams were going to succeed. I mean, the first team, like we said, was guys who Rice had had recruited to to fill roles, a lot of role players, and then Miles Mack and Kadeem Jack, who didn't fit Jordan's style. They were too small or too you know whatever. And then last year they were too they weren't deep enough. Yeah. So it's a process, but you know, I, I think you're gonna see that with St. John's this year. Um, you know, most of the Lavin guys are gone and he kinda uh Mullen kinda scrambled a bit and he was able to land some some talented pieces, but it, you know, ask yourself, like if Levette doesn't qualify on the off chance, you know, or that other kid, the the four star kid that they landed 
who Yaque, looks like Yaque. 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 Yeah, yeah. There's talk no, that he I mean, might redshirt even if he does qualify. So go on. And uh, then you landed the transfer, Tariq. Tariq Owens, yeah. Tariq Owens. So, so you kind of six foot ten center out of uh, from uh, Tennessee. So I, I think you know if Lavette doesn't qualify, and then there's Yaque who might redshirt. You said no matter what, and then Tariq Owens who's sitting out. You're already three on your bench who can't play if yeah. Lavette decides to stay. So that hurts you there. You know you're you're going to kind of see these. They landed talented players, but talented players who apparently were a bit of a reach. You no, know, a I, I, risk. I, I mean, I don't think so. I think the thing with Yakwe is interesting, and I think that's a thing that was hard to know because Shik Diallo... Uh, okay, I mean, I think people knew that there was something up with some Our Savior New Americans classes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see if Shik Diallo uh, qualifies... And is eligible, and if not, whatever. I mean, Yakwe decided he wanted to go to school a year early. So at the very least, he's going to be able to be on a college weight program and, and such. And I think right. that's the only one that was the real, like, hey, let's roll the dice and see what happens. And that's also why they got Mussini. So, yeah. I mean... But, but my point is, for this season, and even possibly for next, you're not in a place yet where it's rolling. You know, oh, no, 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 not wise, at all. Talent-wise. But I think that ha- I mean that's that's kind of a good thing for Mullen. He gets to try some things out and see uh, if players fit roles and what they can do without having to depend on, say, you know, Rishi Jordan uh, as your as your star. You know, because a guy like that can then have a lot of gravity where everybody plays off of them, but he doesn't necessarily do the things that you want him to do. Miles mm-hmm. Mack is kind of like that, you know. Right, right, right. So I mean. I don't know, but I think you're going to see St. John's go through some growing pains. Oh, yeah. So it's not going to be perfect from day one. And it's going to be interesting, like it is with Jordan. Oh, yeah. because I mean, both teams are going, are going to have real growing pains. Freshman point yeah. guard and... But, yeah. But the point I'm, I'm saying is it's going to be really interesting to see how fans kind of react to it. Because what if Mullen doesn't win? You know, he is St. John's. He is the St. John's conquering hero. Mm-hmm. You know, so how are fans going to react if there's some boneheaded coaching moves and you lose some games that you shouldn't and it's on Mullen, you know, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Are they going to turn on him? Are they going to give him the time he needs? And I see, you see Rutgers fans starting to turn on on Jordan a little bit. And I, I think part of that's because he's he's a hero from so long ago that you only know him by name. There aren't many people, there are people who have seen him play, but... You know what I mean? Am yeah. I making sense? So no, I, 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 mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think with Rutgers, it's I mean, it's it's such a weird team because there are these players who, you know, like Bishop Daniels, Bishop Daniels, right? Yeah, Bishop Daniels and Greg Lewis are older, I guess, right? Yeah, they're both seniors. And but they weren't like you know world beaters or anything like that. They were just you know dudes who played off of you know Mac and Jack. Yeah, and what does that look like when you know those guys are are, are thrust into leadership roles? Uh, does Mike Williams have a sophomore leap? You know, does uh, right. who's the other big guy? Um, Foreman, DJ Foreman. Is he a returnee? Yeah, he's a sophomore with Williams. Jeez, I totally forgot about him. Yeah, I was thinking I about the Shaq. There's a Shaq guy, right? Shaq, who has a broken foot right now. They're they're not sure when he's going to play. Oh, so let's just rule him out of that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have these guys who, you know, there's a lot of 
places there's a lot of place for growth um, for Rutgers you know you have guys who've been in the program you've got the Juco coming in yeah. I mean, it feels like Rutgers is kind of thin too I don't know who who's the backup point guard is that Bishop Daniels It'd probably be Dan- Daniels yeah I, I think he's gonna start with at shooting guard but um, I think he'll be the first one to back up Sanders and then they'll roll in Mike Williams or Omari Greer the uh, the the senior transfer Fifth year oh, transfer. Where's Amari Greer from? Bradley. He's supposed to be a dead eye shooter. He's six four, fundamentally oh, okay. sound. So, but nobody expects him to. He might start at the wing. They don't have like a true wing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, a freshman, but nobody really expects that freshman to start at wing. So it's is that that um, wait, Jonathan Laurent? Jonathan Laurent. Laurent. Yeah. Laurent. There's there's very there's both teams I think have potential. But it's also because that's it's October, you know. Yeah, everybody has potential in October. I mean, I think for St. John's, I'm not expecting a lot, you know. And I, I hope that I think one of the bad things will be that there are a lot of fans who are casual fans. They're like, "Oh, why do we suck this year?" You know. Yeah. And uh, because they thought that they also think that the team was really good last year. And it's a fascinating thing that you know diehards who are following every game and are hearing the 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 things said and honestly the the excuses, um, you know, they know that last year's team was a little off, you know, and the, Mm -hmm. the way that they had to struggle their way into, uh, NCAA tournament contention was bizarre. You know, it was like, you have this senior laden team of, you know, high four star guys who, you know, they came off like they were amazing early and then just crashed and then they had to rebuild. And, you know, that happens in the season, but not usually that dramatically. So I think for, you know, for the diehards, I think they'll appreciate the lack, the probably, probable lack of drama and the steady process. Because that's one thing that Mullen has really emphasized in mm-hmm. his uh, preseason talks is, uh, is that he's really about process and about being steady and about, you know, moving on from bad plays and about, uh, you know, trying to get better every day. Right, but that's not the kind of thing that impresses the casual fan. Yeah, you know they like to see, oh, we have the best shot blocker, or you know whatever. And mm-hmm. St. John's might not have the best of many things. I think Yankubasima is going to be good. I think he looks, he's skinny, but he looks really talented. And I think Lovette can be spectacular looking. And other than that, I don't know. I mean, Amar Alabegovic could be kind of a baller, you know? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I've always loved his ability to bang down low. Like, he was very willing to play a role for Lavin that Lavin really hadn't had a guy to play. And I think it was almost accidental that he an- ended up at St. John's. I think just, you know, Lavin was running out of options for, you know, finding players and then had to go over the summer to find a last-minute player, you know, had his contacts or whatever. But Alabegovic you know, for his many faults, you know, the, the lack of shooting and the, uh, uh, just, and his fouling, he was very willing to put his big body in the middle of things. And that right. is a welcome change from guys like Chris Obekba, who you know, sometimes shied away from contact. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when you talk casual fans, um, th- there's a lot of that with Rutgers basketball too, you know, just, yeah, Rutgers wasn't great, but people who are diehard football fans kind of like checking in and it's like, oh, they lost 15 in a row, they suck, you know, or hey, they beat Wisconsin. 
Or you, know, they, or you go of... to the school, you know. And they're just like, oh, we have a basketball team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the thing, like, you know, I follow, and, and you're looking for growth somewhere. Wait, I missed that last part? I said I, I followed a lot closer than a lot of the, the fans who follow, are diehards of the football and check in. It's like, oh, we have basketball. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. So you're looking – I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for them to kind of put together – the offense that they played Jordan's first year with the defense they played last year before they got worn down, you know, they put that together. That's going to be a team that's a step forward. Yeah. So, but that's all I want is a step forward, you know, some upsets, some fun 14 or 15 wins, you know, and not two wins in the big 10. Yeah. Which is probably kind of depressing in a way, but I think I'm trying to manage my expectations. Sure, and I think the fans should as well, and I think that it's part of a process. I think the you know the goal of a of a new coach is to first not flame out, and second try to lay down a groundwork that builds for the future, even if that coach isn't the one to uh, you know herald that future. I think one of the worst things that a program can do is stick with a guy for too long, and you know have things then get fallow again. Right. Hopefully that won't happen to Jordan. At least, at the very least, he'll hit a plateau, and yeah. uh, even if it's not a good plateau, it's a stable plateau, and he'll be right. able to, uh, you know, and they'll be able to move on to the next coach. Right. Well, of course, he was brought in to stabilize the program. Yeah. You know, like, um, that's that's what he was there for. It was, you know, they kind of didn't know what was going on. They brought him in as, you know, the Rome is burning in a way. They hadn't even hired D yet. And it was just to stop the bleeding, to stabilize everything, which personnel-wise he has, um, it seems like. You know, there's been a lot of turnover and stuff, but it looks like now he kind of, his staff has been consistent. They know what kind of player they're looking for. So this year there has to be a step forward in terms of what you see on the court, just so it's not like, okay, we're just going to wait out the string in the next couple of years till his contract's up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... So I don't know. I mean, he's 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 a classy guy. He he. The one scandal he had with that whole degree nonsense, he rectified. He kind of owned it mm-hmm. and and went and got his degree. Um, he hasn't had any major player issues or or anything like that where you know things are falling apart every two seconds. He's had some chemistry issues, and you know I think that's more because he had a lot of guys who came to Rutgers for one reason, and all of a sudden the message was different. Yeah. So, so this year for Ruck, for Rutgers, I think is a very key year in terms of Eddie Jordan. For St. John's, I think it's it's a building year, and it's like okay, Mullen, let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for St. John's, it really is just a we don't know what it looks like, so you can't really you know anticipate the things that can go wrong. Yeah. So, so St. John's had their media day this week. They did. Yeah. Did they let uh, Rishi Jordan talk? Yes, they let Rishi Jordan talk all he wanted. He was on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he was nice. telling you how uh, you know he started from the bottom, so he can't lose. And uh, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, sh- I should I should start playing on the kid. I think you know he's you know he started off from a from a rough life, and what we all just hope that he you know finds a few places to play professionally, and you know makes his way back up into you know major leagues, playing abroad or something like that. Right. But, that's uh, not me clowning on the kid. That's me clowning on Lavin. You know, yeah, I, no, totally. I, I, I hear you. 
I'm yeah. planning on the kid a little bit too, I suppose. So, yeah. But um, so my question is, um, did Mullen talk at all about strategy? You know, what do they want to? Um... I mean, a little bit. Like from what I remember, I think it was. Uh, it's really that you know he's talked about wanting to share the ball. He wants the team to play for the next man, and he doesn't want them looking over to the bench for a play. Uh, so basically he wants them to play with a, to be able to play with a little bit of freedom. And he's talked a lot more, at least to, at least in my mind, he's talked a lot more about process than he has talked about, uh, you know, exactly how they wanted to play. I think he mentioned the San Antonio Spurs as a, as a model a long time ago. Oh, so he and Jordan are kind of on the same page strategy wise. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I don't know. We got three weeks till the season starts. It's, it's, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what the players and Jordan have to say. I like comparing. I think more so than previous Rutgers coaches, Jordan is subtly honest, and you yeah. can kind of tell what he thinks about his roster. Yeah. So even though the past two media days he's kind of been talking his team up and and what he has, um, there seemed to be like this underlying. I hope this happens or if things break right, or, you know, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of looking to see, like, how does he phrase things this year? Is there, like, a legitimate optimism, or, or is it still, you know, well, if we do this, and I hope we do that, and our practices haven't been good, but we're trying to, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the end, Jordan seems to be honest to a a little bit of a fall, yeah. So to close out, Dave. Yeah. So what was what was Mullen's tone at uh, at media day? His his you know the way he played it up. Thoughtful, cautious. Um, not a lot of necessarily details. Talked a lot more about process. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he said you know we're not anxious or impatient. You know when the games come they come. Like he's just very calm, very. Just, you know, even-keeled right now, you know? He wants the guys to share the basketball. He wants wants just to get guys comfortable with each other. So right now, yeah, that's kind of the tone. So he thinks they're going to be bad. Maybe. (laughs) All right. I mean, it seems like they're focused on on defense and, you know, they want to spread the ball and see what happens. I don't know that they can shoot well enough to do something with the ball when they spread it, but... We'll see what that looks like. All right. I mean, good habits, you know. Die uh, hard. Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> good, good habits are the way to start with your program. You know, you want to be like, well, you know, this is what we're doing. And if we had a better shooter, we would have made that shot, you know. Yeah. So what about uh, with Eddie Jordan? I don't know. With media day on, on Thursday, I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays it up. Uh, oh, Thursday seemed, now? Yeah. Or, sorry, Tuesday. He seemed optimistic at Big Ten Media Day, but who knows? I I didn't really um, see any videos or anything like this. So okay, so we'll see. Cool. All, All right. right. So you know this is uh, another episode of Not Half Bad, and we are going to take ourselves uh, you know out on Saturday and eat ourselves some donuts and enjoy our time while you guys are listening and uh we're we're happy you joined you spent a little time with us and uh this is norman of rumble in the garden 
And this is Dave, sometimes on thebanks.com. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Maybe buy my books. Weeks. Oh yes, and buy Dave's books. You don't you have a new one coming out soon? Yeah, February is um, the next one called An Empty Hell. You can pre-order it. And keep your eyes open for The Web, my superhero comic book coming from Dark Circle Comics in early 2016. I think that's super cool, The Web. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, also, An Empty Hell. That's a fun title, because it's like, well, what happened to everybody else in hell? They just got released? All the devils are here. Oh. Uh, Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. I did a little Shakespeare research. Nice. (laughs) So. Uh. All right, guys. All right. We will, you know, be back on your in your ears some point soon. Send oh. us your questions to nothalfbadpod at gmail.com or tweet to us at nhbpod at, on, uh, on Twitter. Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Too much singing. <laughs>